Ja. Do this, right? Okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always it's like when you, when you get you excited because you're gonna, I know you got to run and jump to the intro. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to the Detroit Spinners. I'm joined my pop guest this week is a uh, Russian pop act, Tattoo. Tattoo, lovely to see you here. Da, da, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to discussing I'm, that. I'm not really Tattoo, I'm Gary. Um, I'm with Miles. All right. Oh, are you, are you actually, did you? Was that an actual intro, or you just? Pretend? I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought we could do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's make it the intro. Shit, though. Let's make it the intro. Uh, shit intro. Shit, shit intro. Shit. What, what are you doing? How you doing? What's going on? What's going yeah, on? Not much. Not much. You know. Do you want to hear about my essays? I don't. Uh, about? And switch off. I'd rather hear about your views about the things that are going on in the uh, the Oval Office. The well, US situation. Just because I think our listeners like to hear. I think you're what you're good at is you're very good at taking a very complex thing and boiling it down into its simple components so idiots like me can understand. Well, you you couldn't have put more pressure on me by yeah. by saying that than you did. Yeah, I. Uh, well, it's it's just feels different. It kind of there's there's a obviously there's technical differences in in their approach, but it just feels different. It makes you feel kind of it makes me feel more normal return to normalcy just to see him just to see him behind the oval desk and uh fella looks like a little old, old, a little turtle turtle with his uh shell uh, that's mitch mcconnell that's what his mitch mcconnell looks like that um the uh, m- minority senate leader yeah i didn't support him in the primary but i certainly supported him in the general and uh yeah please he's one mate so uh, you know it feels i i remember texting a friend four years to the day ago, a couple of days ago, and saying it's so weird that we refer to we refer to Obama as the president and he's the president. But it's so weird that in one day all those decisions, those presidential decisions and Mr. President and the president will refer to Donald Trump. And now it's like it's kind of like it's gone back to that day four years ago before that time of Trump. Now it's now we're after it. It just feels more normal. It does. It's not like a um, profound take, but it's just. It's just. No, no I was expecting a bit more, if I'm honest with you. It's sort of like a David Mitchell or a Charlie Brooker kind of like dissection of that news. But yeah, it's, it is a good. It's a good thing, and I'm I'm in a, broadly in agreement with you. You can read my Guardian article that's coming out <laughs> on it on the subject. Uh, I tell you what, though, my mum did sort of say about Joe Biden, like because he's so funny the way he. He does his little run. <laughs> he got the first announced that he was president. He sort of charged onto the stage into like a little old yeah. man waddle. But it was it, he can't hold it up for that long. But you do think with someone like him, like he he belongs like in a garden center of a Sunday, you know, picking up a new a little honesty, hanging mate, basket I was, I was, or like a nice rake or something. I say it's uh you know it's good to return to normalcy, and I support Joe Biden. But in all seriousness, like he has serious cognitive issues. They're not his fault. They don't make me dislike him. Already. But he has cognitive, and it. I wouldn't even have him in a garden centre, really. <laughs> I think I think there could be an accident with the rakes. Yeah, I was going to say the right sort of sideshow sideshow Mel style. <laughs> sideshow, yeah. Uh, no, I th- yeah, I think so. So, Joe Bob, we've actually had an email, which we'll re- be reading out later in XFM, the community, coming up, by the way, from a fan. 
he's he's listened he likes it he likes the show what can i say but he does a simpsons podcast mm. that we're going to talk about um or we're going to promote it's a bit of cross promotion going on i'm up I can't remember what his name is. The but D. Trout we, Spinners podcast, where podcasts meet. Uh, the Melting Pot. Andy Lowe, I think he is. So you mentioned Sideshow Bob, so I just wanted to... Well, look, 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 forward, to, look forward to that and look forward to this show, because what, what have we got coming up in addition to the XFM and the community feature that you just mentioned? Well, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, no, we've got... We'll have a discussion, general discussion, which we always have about the episode, and that's episode 39, series 2 today. Um, we'll have our favourite quotes uh xfm in the community as well so we go through your feedback and finish off with a song if i can think of one between now and then that means a lot to me (laughs) it means so much to me this song that i just thought of hey here we go this week we discuss episode 39 7th of may um, 17th of may 2003 vowing to improve the show after last week's sony failure Ricky consults Dr. Fox and attempts to interact with the listeners. I'll put a link to the original show in the description and you can listen to that. And in your own time, you can return to us for our little debrief. Mm. Oh, hello. Hi, guys. We should what we should do then is we should cut, but leave it, leave it off. And we should sit there between an hour. hour. And just wait, and so there's an hour of no noise. And so oh, we should do that. We we'll probably get to... more audience. We've <laughs> <laughs> a bloody long show as well. Yeah. How how did you find this this week's show? Because I know you you were uh, very excited about it, weren't you? No, I was I was more excited about last week's show. I think um, I said last week that there's a run of shows now, starting with last week's 38, that I really enjoy and that are, are really strong shows. For different reasons, actually. Um, so this is included in that, but I'll say it's one of the weaker shows in this run of shows. It's still one of the stronger shows that they've done. I liked it. There was some very good moments, uh, interesting moments as well. But it's not up there with it's not up there with my favourites. Um, but it's still still a very good show. And in this run of shows, I think it's because partly last week was so good. That mm. it's always kind of a come down to come to this episode. Not that it's a bad episode or anything like that, but it's all it can never match last week's. Last that, week with Gerald Preston, which I just I could listen to that every day, five times a day before I die, and not. Can I tell you something? I actually I'm not a fan of the Gerald Preston like joke. It never it never gets me like it got loads of other people. Find it funny. No, I know that's what I mean, but it never. I, I it's get it. So I think ridiculous that it's like not. It's just not funny. It's, it's just not funny. That's why it's so funny. I know, but that's uh, maybe I'm looking at it a bit too literally. But I was just like, I don't, I've also listened to it so many times. It's hard for me to find things funny again sometimes. Yeah, I was just going to say one of the interesting things. This is probably the only show out of all of them that I've ever listened to where Ricky is genuinely putting in a bit of effort behind the scenes. <laughs> Like he said before, like Carl sort of suggested, oh, you maybe you could answer the phone. No way. No way. No way. Like he never would answer the phone. So yeah. but now he's kind of doing those things. You're answering the phone, checking the email. And it lasted for one show only. And he didn't even get it right, <laughs> the stuff that he said. Like he, he got it all wrong. And Jessica's going out to the X-Men. He, did, he forgot. All the things. <laughs> but he was genuinely trying. And that wasn't like they weren't putting that on as a joke because he had the information from the email. So he must have been reading them off air. I think it's the only show he's put in some off air effort. 
so that was so that's funny. it's that bit where he goes oh i can't even get that right he does put a bit of effort in at the start because he goes out of his way to talk to dr neil fox of uh pop stars fame and uh well he was on dj as well at capital as well but he and he comes man. he invites him on well i can only say that innocent man not a defamation of character at all yeah it's, it's interesting because he says you know it's, it's an entertainment show we're looking for an entertainment show it's just not entertaining you know bit of planning bit of prep would be nice which you were never going to get with this show you would just never have got i mean it's remarkable that they even got nominated to be honest it's a brilliant show and i'd award it a gold award however we were saying last week if you haven't bought into the world and you just listen to one episode which is all they can send in one episode and you listen to it, it it's it's such a weird world that yeah, probably Jimmy and Dave's little show on um, as a Canterbury FM that appeals to the Canterbury audience probably would seem better as a one-off show. But you, this, you have to get into the body of the work before you kind of appreciate it so much. But yeah, I I don't know. It's it, it's it's great they didn't win the award because it kind of sets up the tone for these next few shows. And I think uh, when we get to episode 44, when it's the, I think it's 44, when it, it's the very it's the tense. Oh God, it's the, so tense to listen to the one where they have a real falling out. Where Ricky think, can't do his swearing. Ricky feature. can't do his swearing skit. I think that stems from their kind of change in approach since they didn't win a sony i think that kind of stems from that not directly but maybe indirectly the, these little things they're doing these little kind of they do at the moment they're doing these interviews these yeah. cold play last week tattoo this week good interviews but yeah i think i think it stems from that so it's great they didn't win a sony well do you know what i find funny though to celebrate or, or just going out in the XFM office, which I would have loved to have worked at XFM during this particular phase. Just the thinking of like the parties, the sort of the characters that would have been around the office, like the music artists. But the fact that they go to Stringfellows for a yeah. nice hour. But would you want to go to Stringfellows? Like, absolutely not. No, but Stringfellows, if you're not in London, is is what is it? Is it kind of like a, it's a strip club? It is a strip club, isn't it? But do they do other things there, or is it is it a strip club? Well, I, yeah, I think they um, produce photographs. Like you sit, send in your photo camera reel, and they they get they give you photographs. I think they well, you get drink. You know, it's like a it's a it's like a club in that sense. You can drink, and that's what it is. It's just, it's a club, but and it's he there. a string fellow was he's he's dead now, isn't he, Peter Stringfellow? Yeah. But he was like a entrepreneur, I guess, like a businessman, like club operator. Yeah, he's like uh, Hugh, Hefner. Hugh Hefner. Yeah. So he he's a bit like the British Hugh Hefner. I was watching a great interview of Hugh Hefner on uh, the Dick Cavett show. Dick Cavett is putting out a lot of interviews at the moment. Like he he interviewed people back in the 70s and 80s. And there's one with Hugh Hefner, who's next to uh, two uh, feminist um, mm-hmm. activists. And it's a great, it's a really interesting to see how the the interview went. So I'd recommend that to anyone. But Peter Stringfellow. What a guy. He's a bit of a character, isn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a knob. But he looks a bit like um, the Bee Gees, like the fourth member of the Bee Gees with blonde uh, hair. Have you ever been to a strip club? No, no, I've never been to a strip club. Um, I've been to uh, some pretty seedy clubs, but not a strip club. Like, so it's clubs where there's, there's, there's people dancing on poles and they kind of are acting a bit like a stripper, but 
they're not sort of dancing and seductively but they're not you don't put money in their knickers or anything or and they're not so it's pretty specific place i've been to but coyote ugly style i can't to, to be honest i can't think of anything worse a i'm not like a laddie lad but i can't think of anything worse than going to a strip club i just think there's something really really me- weird about a bunch of men together just lusting over women that they can't have Unless AOC is performing at one, and then he's straight down there. He loves a bit of AOC. You're not a laddie lad. We're not laddie lads. We don't go to strip. No, we would never like like for us. We went to a little dainty spa. Yeah. That's our lads' place to go. I don't see. I just never. You know when you got like a the sort of lads that I grew up with like in Ipswich, they would quite happily like watch pornography together, and I just think. Oh my that's god. So- can you imagine like, doing that between us? What? The, 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 can't think of anything worse. But what, how awkward! Like, but you know, when people say watching sex scene with your mum or your dad is like really awkward. I, I don't find that awkward. I find sitting and watching pornography, which I never would. would, would yeah, but I would never do that in the company of other like heterosexual men. Like, it just wouldn't be a thing that would. A, I don't imagine how anyone could get off on that. It's really, really weird. And sitting there with people who are your friends, and but with your knob out, I with assume. your knob out, <laughs> I assume that's what they do. I don't know. You put most of it together. That's it's a very that's solitary not, thing. Not a synchronized swimming event. It's not. I think that's not sexy, people, is it? There's sort of people who would go to the toilet when someone else is in the room, like properly use the toilet. I think. I don't know, but. Yeah, it's, uh, no, and, and a strip club is similar because the whole point of a strip club is it's supposed to be sexual. You're supposed to get sexually aroused, but you're with your mates. Like, that's the time I don't want to be sexually aroused, unless you go to strip club on your own, which I still wouldn't do, but, you know, it's just... Well, you definitely couldn't invite a stripper just to come around your, your flat. I mean, well, you can do that would. now, can't you? You can do all sorts these days, these days. Yeah, well, not with social distancing, maybe, but it's a but nice as, club. But as soon as the, the restrictions are lifted, I don't know what I'll be doing. Get a couple of strippers Get my table clear. <laughs> Something I do really like uh, about this episode, and I and actually loads of the DTRTs have been saying this as well. So when Carl says, I've got a lot going on in me head. In me head, yeah. Uh, just after the No, part, you've got to say it right. I've got a lot going on. In the head. It's that pause. That pause is what makes it. But he says, I haven't slept well since I was 12. No, he says, I haven't slept, I haven't, uh, I haven't slept, I haven't slept well, well for years. I haven't slept well for, for since I was about 12. That's why it's funny, because he's kind of... He, yeah. And Ricky's got some fantastic laughs like throughout this whole episode. I'll, I'll get to them in my favourite <laughs> quote. This, that's no, it's that? not even... It just the tone is the same. Like, it doesn't... It's just not like a laugh. It's not like anyone else's laugh in the world. That... Cut that out. Really makes me laugh. He goes, I love the look that you got a little fellow in string pose. He's got, he's got to me and he's got, it's going cold. It's yeah. going cold. Anyway, but I love that. Um, there are a few people on Twitter has been saying, I haven't had a, a good night's sleep for years and years and years. This is them talking, not me, because I'm actually quite a relatively deep sleeper. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do understand that, you know, when you've got not a care in the world and you've you've been running, you're exhausted all day because you've been out with your mates, either on your bike or you've been playing video games and you can you can literally switch your mind off and you're so zen and relaxed and you just drop off. And it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, well, it's a nice anecdote, I think, is that I, I can totally relate to that, the people on Twitter. I have sleeping tablets, actually, that I don't always take, but they're very good. They may, But without them, I don't sleep very well at all. But 
it, the thing about Carl is like when the time you don't want to sleep, most people, the time you really don't want to sleep is when you're a kid. You don't want to go to bed. You want to stay up no, an extra hour, true. an extra hour, an extra hour. You know, you stay up under the covers. You know, if you're having sleeping with uh, like the same room as your, your siblings, you're kind of just talking and chatting. You want to stay up as much as possible. But Carl, as a 12 year old, is already how we are now as a third people <laughs> in our 30s. He was already like. I'm laughing myself to sleep, you know, then. But most children, usually, they want to stay up later and later. So it's, it's nice. But Carl <laughs> is already... It's a, just another example of Carl being far older than his actual age. No, well, that's lovely isn't it, when he says, there was actually one time where I laughed myself to sleep because I, I couldn't believe my look. Like, that was the yeah. best thing that could have happened to him. Yeah, that's time, It's the yeah. emphasis on it. I couldn't believe my luck. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe this. But I totally I just, know what it means. We all know. Yeah, and even what Ricky says is not a cold pillow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pillow. yeah. Whatever the temperature is, if it's winter or summer, cold pillow, for some reason, like you associate sleep with warmness and being warm and cosy, but actually a cold pillow that you put <laughs> your face head down into is really attractive and like if you've been nice. sleeping on one pillow and you kind of wake up in the middle of the night and that pillow's warm now because you've been sleeping on it and you, you go to the other pillow and it's cold and it's like oh. oh are you a fan of the memory foam mattress yeah i've got a memory foam mattress it has to be um like that treble layered and kind of it has to be a really good quality one mine isn't quite good enough the only mattress type of mattress that i can get into my flat because you can bend a, a memory foam mattress but you can't bend a mattress with springs and you saw door, a bit off perhaps you saw so, a bit off so i sawed off eight inches and uh it's fine because i'm still alone <laughs> so I'm, it doesn't matter i'm just one person so i could probably could saw off eight inches because i'm gonna always be alone i don't need that extra eight inches um, i'll tell you what well, well since you're feeling pretty zen about that you're pretty happy about your current situation can i read you some quotes from zen and the art of, art of motorcycle maintenance are these quotes you found by reading the book or quotes where you googled quotes from Zen? I'm not going to read it because I, I thought that book was all about I genuinely thought it was about motorcycles. Come on. No, know. that's true. Is I've never heard about this book. OK, fair enough. What is it about then? What is this book? Can you explain to me? It's a philosophy, philosophical book. I haven't read it. I haven't read it either. But it's like a philosophical book about like the Zen part is far more. I don't, actually, I don't know what's behind its name. Like, I don't know, there was something in that. But I love names like that, that are kind of a misdirection as to what you're going to get. But it's it's a, it's it's about kind of philosophy. I can't go deeply into it because I don't know. But I I knew it wasn't about motorcycle maintenance. OK. It's not, well, that was what always put me off. What did they mention it? Like, oh, in passing somewhere. And he just thought, I mentioned that in passing. It was so insignificant, but I'm actually going to make it the title. Yeah, but it's like about um, approaches to life and general kind of ways of uh, being well well here's one sometimes it's a little better to travel than to arrive which I, I sort of agree with that isn't that true the sort of it's about the journey and not the destination yeah yeah it's a bit cliche but yeah if he's the first one that said it then fair enough but now it's cliche oh it's about the journey not the destination no it's about the destination that's why i went on the journey angry there anxiety the next gumpton trap is the sort of opposite of ego you're so sure you'll do everything wrong you're afraid to do anything at all often this rather than laziness is the real reason you find it hard to get started absolutely i totally agree with that what's that the next john gump gump gumpton gumption 
Gumption. Oh, gumption. You said gumption. Gumption. Oh. Yeah, gumption's like, you know, constitution. But yeah, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Anxiety is behind a lot of inability to kind of begin tasks where you just get people get written off as lazy, but they're not. No. And the pencil is mightier than pen. Mightier than the pen, which is that is actually quite a, a famous one, isn't it? The pen is mightier than the sword is famous. Oh, yeah. So, but the what does that one mean then? The pencil is mightier than the pen. Well, I, if I were to interpret that, and I don't know what he meant, but the pencil, you write in pencil and you can rub it out. So doing things, you know, that's like a, on life. If you write in pen, it's there. You can't Permanent, change it. Yeah. But pencil is something you can change and constantly adapt and kind of rub bits out that you need. And kind of it's like life fulfilling your dreams, I imagine. It's interesting. I've, I might read this book now. Yeah, that's uh, well. I'm not going to be reading that book. I read too much. But it's it's interesting. You see, you see what I mean now. It's about life and philosophy. It's kind of yeah. Those quotes kind of. I always think it's a bit weird, like about self-help books. Like, do you, like who is who reads self-help books and like goes, oh, I'm tech getting that's a lot from this. Paul McKenna's done wonders for his bank balance. In he sells so much. Like yeah, seven that doesn't matter that it's for him though, does it? Because no, if I know it doesn't, self- that doesn't speak to the quality of the self-help books. I'm just saying that a lot of people read them. You're saying who who would read them? Well, yeah. actually, a lot of people. He's uh, yeah, he sold And in fact, I read. I started to read one once. He is. He had this series. Works out well, didn't seven it? Days, seven days to get thin. Seven days to stop smoking. Seven days to this. So, and I think I could say like seven days to success. And I read Gary's, it. Gary's Gary's felt... stone, and he's smoking a pipe right now. Yeah, so it's worked out well. Uh, no, I'm not at all. By the way, I'm not. I've lost weight. Anyway, I read the first chapter of that book, and I felt really up. I remember having a conversation with my dad afterwards, and I was really assertive, and I was doing all the right things, but I just I didn't read any more of it. So, so <laughs> assertive to your dad, dad. Going, dad, listen, it's your son Gary, and now you listen to me, dad. No, it was That's not that would be aggressive. I was assertive, and it was just it genuinely yeah made me feel up and kind of like oh yeah there's techniques, but I never kind of followed it through. So, yeah, here I am. I'm here he is. Skyping with you on a tin pot. Tin pot. Still single, ladies and gentlemen. Still single. Get in touch. Uh, Spinnerspodcast at gmail.com. No, you shouldn't say. Yeah, I'll do it like um, get my tables clear and you can have a little strip club. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll no, I'm joking. That is a joke. That's disgusting. We'll never do that. Oh, but, um, no, what do you make of. Um... For my girlfriend on this show. Let's not mm. do it sounds creepy do you know i i this episode oh sorry were you going to say something no i was going to just mention um the going to hugh phase which is tied up in the sleeping chat when the car's just talking about his childhood you know every night going to hugh phase getting some potatoes and some bread i have actually seen a picture of hugh phase i have to tweet it it's just a news agent's little shop and uh but we used to do that in our first house that when we were sort of as a family i used to be very excited about those sort of coming of those rites of passages things like going to the shop on your own and getting a bottle of milk or getting your your first pair of keys to your house they were such big deals and i just got this little yeah i think that's so sweet that carl did that as a child i don't know but there's he, something him, very it wasn't like a rite of passage it was just something that was all kind of seemed like it was always done i can imagine him being like the hovis advert yeah but but more swearing 
from his dad. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's yeah, that's fine. I never thought of it like that. It is kind of a rite of passage when you go to the shop for the first time. And I always remember being able to cross the road for the first time, oh, which eventually yeah. meant I could play in the road. We lived in this cul-de-sac, so you didn't get many cars coming through and they were traveling slowly anyway. So it wasn't that dangerous. But yeah, when I was allowed to cross the road, yeah, it was like, oh my God, it's mad. And we, yeah. I, the road like where we played um tag and things you know mm. so you have to run in the road Kids yeah tags. oh bit sad now good, good times good times do you want to play tag with me <laughs> no don't want to do it Later. musical statues i preferred that stuck in the mud as we called it back then well did you ever play marco polo yeah is that when you're you're marco you're... polo i can't even remember but you say marco and the other person has to say polo Bulldog. I used to love. I used to love oh, playing Bulldog. Was good. So we good. We played that in the playground at school, like with like yeah, thirty children just all running, girls and boys. Have to do that now. Wouldn't it be great to just do kids games like now? Like, yeah. like just just like I don't know. Maybe maybe have some beer as well to make it more adult. But like uh, play a bit of Bulldog and you get. I just used to love those sort of violent, quite violent games actually. <laughs> I can't imagine you liking a violent game like that. Are you no. sure? It, or you just no, saying I like no I know no I genuinely liked Bulldog because it was kind of I don't know there was pressure involved I played it I never got down to the final sort of two or three I wasn't sturdy enough the sturdy <laughs> children had got yeah that. But yeah, they were they were kind of fun days and like um I remember just remember pretending with one of my friend, my best friend at the time, and we were like birds and all the grass was like when we were on grass we were in the air and we were just flying like we did this with our arms, flapping our arms. Flapping your arms. Pretending we were birds. It's so and, wholesome. Uh, we did, yeah, but you know, that's since I'm thirty I've stopped doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> but um, no, that was all about five, six. You know, it's just one of those nice little things. But yeah, childhood in general is not a happy time, I don't think, for a lot of people listening to this show, probably. And us. But there are those happy little moments, yeah. Yeah, I never thought oh, of it like that. But Carl kind, of kind of made you think about that. That's nice. So on the subject of kids, like, do you ever find it weird? I mean, not, not weird. I don't find it strange that Carl's not had children, but I bet he would be a great dad and he would be hilarious. Yeah, but it's that's interesting. That's... He makes a real thing, you know, if it happens, it happens, he says, doesn't he? Like about halfway through the episode. If it happens, it happens if a condor split. <laughs> I'm quite I'm I'm quite amazed at like the level of maturity that they say because they talk about the kids being an accident, which I think that's quite a I think that's quite um a difficult thing to raise with your kid if you were a parent. But I actually the more I think about it, I think that's actually like quite a normal thing to say to your child because you should have that sort of transparency and that honesty with them. Uh, yeah, I mean it is transparent and it's honest, but there's certain things that are honest that you you don't need to necessarily share and it, it on dishonesty is not honesty a mission of honesty you can you can not i think i think it's i wouldn't tell my kid if my kid was an accident i i don't have a kid but if i had a kid in an accident I i'd tell them that because but it's in yeah i think it's something you used to do like more than you do now i just i'll just i wouldn't say oh make a point of saying oh you were pl- absolutely planned i just wouldn't raise that particular yeah. subject you know i think it's a bit unfair it's kind of gives you a complex you know suddenly you question your entire existence but some yeah but you could also i don't know i i i guess it depends on how you raise it. I, I would probably find the humor in it <laughs> just to go eh, it's all right you, you would, if you told you an accident you'd be crying for three weeks and... <laughs> 
and you'd be on the phone to me like what do you mean you do woman yeah i don't know it it's it's not a nice thing to be told but it's interesting that they were both told that carl and ricky and both of them specifically said they don't and have proved that they do not want children yeah Mm. most couples most celebrity couples most couples have children by especially ricky's in his 50s now carl's in his late 40s so the fact they don't have children is a thing that they shared actually and a thing i think they bonded over even if that wasn't the explicit thing they were bonding over i think they bonded quite a lot over that and maybe not having children maybe being told you're an accident is partly responsible for them just not wanting children i don't know because it's you share isn't it? I guess that was never part of their life plan, though, was it? I mean, whether I don't, think, I, don't know. I don't think either of them had like a life plan, though. To be honest, I don't think I think they're they're both very happy go lucky people. You know, Carl's talked about his affection of being a bloody paper boy, and that was the best job he'd ever had. He's quite he's quite simple minded in that in that respect. So I do totally get the fact that if you don't want kids, if it will just be if that happens, that happens, and it's like. Because I, I do think, yeah, it's quite normal that kids just sort of do happen like that. Oh, especially it's normal. Now, it's normal. Especially nowadays, like when you people my age, like, there's that that whole cliche thing. I'm in my 30s and loads of my mates are having kids and, and getting married. And that's like, seems to be quite a cliche thing to say. On on Because uh, you, you probably starting to get this, like you, you people you're friends with on Facebook, you're not necessarily friends with them, but you kind of see them and they're yeah. starting to show pictures of, oh, I welcome to the world, Olivia. Oh. You know? And, you know, no, it's fine. But I'm, I'm of the age where I'm starting to see pictures, people I'm not actually friends with, but they're just from people from school in my year of their children dressed in secondary school uniforms. And they're starting, so some of their, some of my cohort, uh, their children are starting secondary school now so yeah uh, where, but I, I I'm happy not to have a child but maybe well, I probably... it been to, like because but I've got friends who are adamant like they don't want kids they don't want kids it's never going to have kids and now they have got kids and it's like something just a light switch went off and suddenly they're plastered all over their social media accounts and it just seems I mean I've got my own concerns about kids I don't have kids but you know it's touch and go at the moment you know it's potentially on the cards but probably more likely than not no 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 of course not but I just see someone's personality switch overnight and it's they're just posting endlessly about their kids and I just think what happened to the person that I used to know like I know that's kind of like a deep thing to say, but well, uh, you know, but, yeah. but I don't understand. Like, do you have any other interests? Like, it's just your kid now. It's just all about your kid. But then again, it's quite nice because that person probably has found purpose in that young person. Yeah. I sort of, I can respect that because I go, you were you you were maybe unhappy before and you didn't know it, and this you had this child, and maybe this child's give you like purpose and made you happy in some way. But I don't think it's the solution to people's problems, and I don't think it's the solution to my problems, but what I'm trying to say is there is a bit of truth in that with Carl you know sometimes it's better just to not have a plan it's never going to be a good time to have a kid but if you do you might figure out oh it's all right actually yeah I think that's but I don't you know I think that's roughly where most people are you know if you you're doing stuff that means you could have a child and not taking precautions you're probably in that space like well I'm not we're not planning to have children I'm not we're not doing this specifically on the days of the month where ovulation is most likely you know planning it in a calendar but we're you know we're doing this we 
probably enjoy it but we're also kind of like yeah maybe we'll have a kid i think most people most children are born that way but in general people are having children later in life now where in my nan's time and even my mum's time my mum dad you had a kid in your 20s that was what you did yeah. you just did that you had a kid but now 30s 40s see you know people having children later so i think that's probably a good thing but i did like at school the fact i had particularly young parents sometimes my um parents evenings and things you'd see other parent other parents of children and they were like in their they were like in their 60s then they looked old they were old people wow well, so, well, so, like, so your your so your mum and your mum turn up looking like tattoo in their school uniforms against the gates and it was raining obviously oh god and they I'm, said, glad it wasn't and, I'm glad it wasn't mum and coral back then because not because i mean coral is a teacher you know she's great but she oh, she's quite a force of nature um, i feel totally lost if i'm asking for help it's only because <laughs> it's a good song yeah it's very catchy like i i, I really that like also about then like, everyone was like are they lesbians are they lesbians like there's so like, who cares but that was quite a shock and fantasy back then. I remember that video. Everyone was talking about it at school. Yeah, it's kind said. of like it's as close to pornography as you're allowed on like mainstream yeah. TV. Like, but it's not I pornography. When like Christina Aguilera was doing "Dirty," my mum fucking hated that song. She was like, uh, "Mine didn't." Turn that off. My mum didn't. Oh, that's, that doesn't surprise me. Mate. No, I don't know what about it. What's the, um, what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten in a bath? Oh God, I don't know. Um, a banana? It's just weird peeling a banana in a in a bath. Hey, well, I wouldn't be in the mood for a banana or a bit of fruit. I sort of I'm more with Ricky. That it does make me laugh though. The thought of Ricky in a bath and him just telling these stories really self-deprecating stories. But he's quite proud of that moment, isn't he? It's like I yeah. found I found a workaround here. I can eat. I can lie on my stomach in the bath and be. No, he's not lying on his stomach. He's lying on his back. But. Yeah, it's uh, that's a, another thing about Ricky is he's very honest with his things that make him that it would be embarrassing to most people. But that's the thing about embarrassments in general. If you've got something you're embarrassed about, I'd give you this advice based on what Ricky does. Don't hide it. Celebrate it. Talk about it like it, it, do it ironically, but just sort of, you know, you you be the one to bring it up. And kind of you say you save yourself any accusations of being embarrassing because no one would hear that and sort of think anything bad of Ricky. But it is an embarrassing thing to tell. But because he told it and because he told it in a funny way, do you know what I mean? It gets over the embarrassment of it. Well, you can you can also you can read all about that in Zen and the Art of, Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, where it actually features there's a line there from Gary. Yeah, <laughs> no, version two by Gary. Version two. The, the slightly less well-read version. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add about this episode? No, oh, I just I really like the Rockbusters because. The rockbusters are good. Two things make good rockbusters. One, if they're interesting clues, like they're actually mm. kind of usually that work or that are so bad that they don't work. Some clues are just, you know, they're all right. They're, they're not funny or, or profound either way. They're OK. These ones actually are really good clues. And there's a lot of laughter. Like there the is a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of laughter beforehand when he's reading them out, and it's a very funny process. Like it's one of the funnier rockbusters that there's ever been, I think, and that adds to the episode. <laughs> it's because of Carl keeps going right. Well, it just changes. <laughs> if, I, if I had a brick and if I had two women, right? No, all the all this every word matters. Yeah, they're very and they're very good clues. 
Well, they're good clothes. You could say we're going for a bit of a China crisis right now. Yeah, is that we're going to take a break to contemplate that? Yeah. our favorite quotes the audience is so fucking weird i mean the live audience that guy yeah. who comes on is You're so the sound weird just radio station. the eyebrows woman him they're just weird it's just a lot of weird people so people <laughs> listening probably weird people listening to the podcast but it's you know, get a lot of people listening to them but the actual live audience at the time i think was just they're so weird they attracted such weirdos mm. that guy is like I don't understand what he's saying. I've listened a hundred times and I can't understand. Or to, and you, Christian and just say and to get him to walk down. And it, it doesn't make sense. Like the words he's saying. So, yeah. It's saying it, it, you couldn't have found a worse lot, you know, but keep it up. It just made me laugh because he's saying, like, keep it up. You'll be you'll be you'll get there. You'll get there. Like, you talk to Ricky Gervais. Yeah, he's made the office. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. I know he doesn't know, but they're, they're so weird. But anyway, oh. let's go down to our favourite quotes. Yeah, let's do it. My first one. Do you ski, yes or no? I I was just about to say I'm going to go first because I know that's going to be the first one. I want that to be a prerequisite for people to identify whether the trout's business. If we can make that a thing. The name of the show could have been Do You Ski Yes or No? Like that could have, that was a, that was in the running for the name of the show. That's the way he says it. I love it. That was my first quote as well. We have, we have no, talked. This is mine. Hey, look, it's my, it's my, I swear, my second one was, we have talked about string in the past. We never had, I swear, like, I've got it here. Do you ski yes or no? We have talked about string in the past. I, I had to think then that you might do the string quote because it's quite, it's such a bizarre thing to say. It's the way he says, say. though. It's the way he, yeah. sort of, he, he does that thing where he kind of feigns, uh, I don't know how to describe it. He kind of feigns, like, being What's a simple slightly. We have talked about string in the past, though. You know, it's, it's like, okay, I'll do, I'll do two now because you've just done two. Right. It seems like it. And I like that. That's another example I've talked about in the past of Steve doing a little pre-laugh. Like, he, la- he when he says something, he knows it's going to be funny. Yeah. He does this little, <laughs> it seems like it. And it and but it's it's like, but Ricky Carl treats that question absolutely with earnest, doesn't he? Because he goes, you're not paid per listener, are you? As yeah. if it was a genuine concern. Know, yeah. Um, and... Uh, I just like the way he says this. In fact, you can maybe clip this up and put it at the beginning. But okay. thank you, but I, I copied Nigels. Thank you, but I copied Nigels. I just like, I always like that. I'll tell you what, I forgot that that bit was in this show actually, because he's isn't he talking about um, if I've seen further than the, the, yeah. the it, Ricky's got these like certain people that he will always return to, like Isaac Newton. You know, like, he's got these certain people that he'll always return to. When you do realise, I don't know. I think Ricky does at times he knows a lot about a few very specific things but he will repeat himself when it comes to like a particular philosopher or quote or a scientist or a his his knowledge about that stuff is quite minimal do you not think no because he call it minimal but I do I think he knows uh, more than an average person yeah the thing about Ricky is and that's okay I don't expect Ricky to be a philosopher he's a his job is a comedian he's a he's a very he's a very 
successful at that time and now even more so but even then a very successful career in comedy now outside of that yes he he, you're right he does return to certain philosophers and he probably doesn't know that many but that's okay because some people don't know about philosophers at all and it's good to have some knowledge you know i don't expect people to know lots about it where ricky falls down i think what his problem is is that he uses his knowledge his limited knowledge but but acceptable but limited knowledge of these things to kind of exert dominance over other people yeah that's, and, and that's exactly what i was trying to say that's a better yeah. way of putting it yeah but it, but now now that's different with carl because carl plays the role and i use that inverted commas he's not an actor i know but he plays the role of far more stupid person than he actually is so it's you you can kind of do that with carl but i can imagine ricky doing that with everyone in his life he, the way he puts Cole down is always funny, except when he's trying to exert his dominance in that way by philosophers or painters. Lowry is the classic example. You've got a real and problem it, with that, yeah. Yeah, it really, really uh, annoys me. But, you know, having said so, but I, so I don't criticise Ricky at all for the amount of philosophy that he knows or even bringing up some philosophy because uh, people do that. You, you, if, you know, if you know about something... Not everything, but some things you're going to bring up in conversation. When no, it's... no, no. I'm not. I'm not having a go. But I, I just think it's curious that he he returns to those same people. And it's like if you are going to boast about your your education or your academia or however you want to classify, I would just be going always with a, a spell of caution, trying not to big myself up. But that's Ricky. That's his personality. He's you know larger than life, and he does like to show off his academic credentials. But I wouldn't do that, and I don't no, think no. the vast majority of people. I, as I've said before in this like podcast, you know, I would never engage in a conversation where I didn't know enough, and I've been caught out so many times really? with pretending. Yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know that. You know that about me, like. But it's one of those things. No, it's I not, am as well. We all are. No, but it's but this, it's an ego thing, isn't it? It's purely an ego thing. You go, all right, I'm going to enter this person's conversation, and I know nothing about what they're saying, but I'm going to put put up with it and see if I can get away with the it's that same thing when there's the same thing you know in the IT crowd he goes did you see that ludicrous display last night where some they're trying to get in with the men yeah okay well Moss and Roy want to get in with this group of men and to get in with them and to pretend to be a lad they've memorized a few stock phrases but they end up getting themselves into a lot of trouble and the episode climaxes with a a a bank heist and it's just funny because I that's how I feel about entering a conversation with a subject that I know nothing about. I just go, oh shit, back out, back out now, back out now. Because yeah. you do, the thing you do is that you can enter into conversations like that, but just be open and honest and never kind of, yeah, what do maybe what Ricky does, which is like kind of fill in the gaps where you don't actually know a lot about the specific subject. You fill in those gaps with other knowledge that you know to kind of show, oh, I do know something about this. Yeah. Just be very open and, and clear. Like, actually, like if we're talking about films, I say, like, you know, the actually, no, I, I don't, I haven't seen that film, or I don't know what you mean there, or you know, some, I have got some views on films that I will say, but I'll always caveat it. Um. Okay. Cool. Should we do our next quote? Who was next? Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. You ready? You ready for this? Quiet, quiet yeah. in the, quiet in the halls. 
the reason why the reason why the reason why i had to die did i bleed the god of bleed god i'm gonna do it again no 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 keep that one okay keep that in the reason why the reason why the reason why i had to die did i bleed the blood of greed what was my destiny that i have found myself that's probably up there with one of my most quoted uh, Ricky lines, and it's, it just makes me laugh so much. That does. It's funny that you remembered it as well these years, and it, even his com- contemplation that you, the fact that you remembered it all these years, like he's sort of contemplating on that, thinking it's crazy that I've remembered this. But you do remember little things like that from your childhood, like yeah. weird. Things. Well, Carl remembers that thing, doesn't he? We said, "Tell me anything you remember from the from from your school days in series one." They go, "It's not the cough that carries you off; it's the coffin that carries you off in." Yeah. I'm trying to think of one that I know now that I can't. Oh, I'll tell you what, I, I can remember a lot about the um the rhyme of the ancient mariner. The uh, I think it's the 19th or 20th century like lyrical poem from um yeah uh, Co- Coleridge, and I I could probably remember a lot of um that. I'm not going to do it now because. Yeah, because I did that at school, but I, I lit for them for the exam. I had to memorize loads and loads of the passages from it. There is a wrench marriage, and then we come around the free. I don't want to do it now because I'll get it wrong. But I, I, I know what you mean. But it's uh, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers, a peck of pickle peppers, Peter Piper picked. And if Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers, where's the peck of pickle peppers, Peter Piper picked? Now, I, before I knew that, I would say my number one goal in my whole life, if I could pick one thing, not money, not women, I was only about seven. <laughs> yeah. not, not success in my work, but was to learn that. And I tried so hard, and I did. And I've got, now I've know it, but now I know it. I push it like so, hey, Peter. But yeah, it's those things you learn and you never forget. And in fact, it's something about long term memory because my grandpa's sister my sort of step aunt she very sad she you know, suffered from dementia it's terrible you know we used to go visit her in her home and she uh got progressively worse and she she often she couldn't remember who we were and she didn't know our names but we'd say to her because we knew she knew this she was like what was grandpa's what was peter's number during the war two seven eight three nine five six and she just mm. knew it it's just like from 70 years ago. Your long-term memory is a completely different bank to your short-term memory. Um, it is me. It's on that thing. Like, so it, I, I love it. There's a person. There's a man. Like it is me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just so good because he makes it the worst version of that poem you could possibly write. Oh, it's so it's so true as well what they say. Like You do want it to appear so much deeper and interesting yeah. than you are. Um, my next one. Ha! Yeah, oh, yeah, you had that, yeah. Ha! Ha! Uh, beginning. Um, yeah, no, that's great. It's, it's just, it's funny because it's not a laugh. It's not a laugh for anyone else. Um, we've, we said it before, but I've got a lot going on in my head. Yes, that was my one as well. We've got a lot of similar. Ours are so identical. Have similar. Yeah, it's funny. White Slice loaves, King Edward. King Edwards. Love yeah. that. Yes. Um, Picasso. All right. All right. All right. I love that. That's great. Um, I got down on one knee and presented her with some inland revenue forms. Yeah. Or do you want a ring or a one percent saving? Or like, I just, uh, I don't understand that joke, by the way. <laughs> Can I just say? Well, because you get tax breaks when you're married. But I don't know what does that. What does you mean tax breaks? What does that mean? So you don't, you don't pay as much tax in a joint way. So, for example, you. You will. I don't know if it's done. What, how? What means it's done through? But 
you get money back for being married. Oh, now I think they've changed it so you don't whether you're married or not, as long as you're in a relationship, you actually no, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not that. I think they bought the marriage. The Conservatives bought the marriage thing, so they're trying to encourage marriage basically by saying you get you pay less tax. Does so, it matter to encourage marriage? Like, why would you encourage? Well, that? I know now. I've told you that, and I can see in your head you're thinking of marriage now because because you pay less tax. I can tell. I can tell. Okay, <laughs> my next one, my last one. We've said it. Da. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's can i just do two i've got two yeah of um wiven that you haven't Wyvern, seen Wyvern, yet Wyvern. i love um carl's philosophy on traveling is brilliant and i think it's a lot of particularly small-minded englanders who probably think i've seen it though on the telly and yeah. uh of course uh one of my great anecdotes and they return to this time and time again which is the fireman story and the stripping off naked bucks fizz one yeah. but it's that quote which always makes me laugh and you've said it before it always makes me laugh hello is there a fire hello is there a fire i like when they talk about it next week and steve rightly says oh we'll come to this next week steve rightly comes in and basically says no one knows what you're talking about he just ricky starts randomly talking about the fireman he's like you know the fireman in a completely different show like where people haven't listened to the fireman bit and some people listen to every show but some people wouldn't have, have listened to it, but Ricky just starts talking about it. And Steve's like, hang on, no one's going to know what you're talking about there. Because you're just <laughs> randomly talking about it. It's, it's just, it shows their show is, was so unplanned in a in a good way, kind of. It's it's an example of it. But we'll be talking about that next week. And if you've got a favourite quote, uh, let us know. Uh, podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at spinnerspodcast. We're also on YouTube um, where I upload the shows uh, there as well. So lots of different ways to listen lots of ways to get involved if you have enjoyed the show please i cannot emphasize enough if you could like subscribe and give us a little cheeky rate uh review because uh helps us get into uh helps us get bigger numbers more than well, more than 100 less than 150 somewhere between that is a like, good yeah well bad reviews kind of put us down to like maybe 25 30 immediate not, review not a three star review three star upwards um well, maybe well, that yes but hey some people who do enjoy the show and i'm sure if they were given the opportunity would give us five stars is uh some of our detrailties for our next feature which is xfm in the community this is xfm in the community in the community uh this is from patrick watkins he says I just wanted to say it's great to listen to other milk saucer drinkers talk about a Tim Pop radio stations from ages ago. I've lost count of how many times I've been through the shows and it is difficult finding other people willing to talk shit and endlessly quote minus drivel. I do have a couple of questions regarding how it's influenced your lives as it has mine. What's the best life lesson you've taken from the shows, whether it's things you can do with potatoes, <laughs> stopped giving to comic relief, etc. Number two. If you could ask Carl Pilkington one question, what would it be? You know, other than why to try and confuse him. And number three, is there any particular sayings or phrases that you find yourself using in the real world? For example, a look of frighteningness. Those are good. <laughs> yeah, oh, loads, absolutely loads. I can't even think of one now, but there's there's so many. Oh yeah, uh, um, I was. I mean, I mean, this is like it's not even a phrase from the show. This is a normal phrase. I was I was on a video conference call and I I need to say basically something didn't make sense. Like what 
what someone was saying and I was like it doesn't make sense and I, I sort of said it like that and then obviously it's weird to people like it's not to be funny because it only, it yeah. only kind of means something to me but um the first question well first of all thank you for your email Patrick really appreciate that glad you're enjoying the show I think the biggest lesson I've taken from the shows as a whole is be honest be open like open about everything like not everything in life if you're doing a show and we used to do show on radio and it wasn't we never copied them and we don't copy them now at all you should never copy someone but the general style of being like if you make a mistake it goes on air and you 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 kind of you embrace that and that's more applies to like wider life as well kind of if you embrace your imperfections you protect yourself first of all from other people kind of bringing them up and actually making you feel bad about it but also it it just enhances your confidence to kind of be open and out there with things that you do wrong and I kind of I didn't learn that solely from the show but it's certainly a lesson I've taken from the shows overall do you know what I mean by that no no I no I completely I I would have said something along that those same lines what I like about Carl Pilkerton is again it's not like a a life lesson a specific life life lesson it's more generally about him and his character I used to be quite a people pleaser when I was when I was younger yeah no I'm not like that now and I haven't been like that for years I honestly haven't even the little things that Carl says about to his parent, to his like Suzanne's parents, you know, a bigger visit for the two of you. And I know he's not trying to be. There's a little. That's quite funny because you know he's you know he's been a little bit out there, like oh shouldn't really say that. But Carl will be very very honest with you, and I love that. You know, Robin's in the pub. Why you knew you know I didn't like him, no, and that, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But no, listen, I'm not saying that's a good way to be. But say for instance, you don't feel like going out. And you say, oh, I'll, cut, I'll come out. But if you don't feel like it, don't go to the party. That's what I like about Cole. He doesn't feel that pressure to be light. He doesn't feel that pressure to go along with things just because it's the cultural social social norm. He's absolutely fine to, to pursue his own route and his own life path. And I totally respect him for that. And I love I love that philosophy on life. And yeah. it's one that I try to follow. No, my, uh, it's similar to mine. But I just say my sort of, when I said about what I took from the show, which was similar to that, like being open and honest, as particularly if you're broadcasting, but, you know, in general in life, is not from Carl's sort of openness and honesty and saying things like, Robin, you know, he, you knew I'd, I'd said, was he going to be here? I didn't want him to come. You know, not no. by Carl being sort of an open and honest person, but by the general, the general ethos of their show, which was led by Ricky, was like, we embrace the imperfections of this show and we turn them into strengths we turn like if we haven't done we've done very little preparation we say very little preparation and you turn you turn it into a strength by doing that with inadvertently or it's sorry it's not inadvertently but without kind of being obvious that you're boasting but you turn it into yeah. a strength so in life i've found that a very useful lesson to have i can't there's so many examples of the third one phrases that i use in life from the show that i can't think of but what question I'd ask Carl? Good one. I, I'll think about that. Maybe we'll, I'll answer that on the we'll next. We'll return to that next time. Um, he goes on to say, I've got some homemade rock busters that I've presented on on the quiz, and I used to run during the first lockdown. My manager weighs 160 ton. Oh shit! I've run that. Oh, 
Leave it in, leave it in, leave it in. That's what's going My manager weighs 160 stone. I'm so sorry, Patrick. There are B. B. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. B? Yeah. Something with ton in it. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, they, played, they played it on the show. More than the feeling, I think, I think is one of the songs. Boston, okay, Boston, okay, yeah, I quite like that one. The, we we've got sent some pretty shit rockbusters, but like I like the shit of the better, but that's a good one. That is a good. Okay, this is a good one as well. I won't do all of them. Like, what was the last time in history where people lived in tiny houses? S. Uh. What's uh? What's the small house? A small house, a flat. Maybe not, not so much something that you'd find in a town setting, more rural. A uh, tent. Close. S, but begins with S. <laughs> I can't think. What is it? What? Shack. Shack. Okay, Shack. Yeah. And second one, Shakira. Shack era. Shakira. Shakira. We'll send over some Those are the best we've been sent. And Pat just said a little bit about myself for reference. Started listening to everything when in school, circa 2006, when I looked like a young Alex Zane. Ooh, and haven't stopped since. Even did a music technology degree at university just so that I could get a gig, but my height's got as far as Pilkey's making music. Friends, partner, and family do not listen, so I'm quite isolated when it comes to chatting about this kind of stuff. So your podcast has opened that up for me. Cheers. No, thanks, Patrick. Patrick. Really appreciate it. And uh, you're right. A lot of people who've emailed us and got in touch with us for various ways have said that they kind of feel isolated in terms of their their show, and they can't, they don't have someone to talk about it with. And uh, so it's nice that you know you can you can always talk here and send us emails, and you know that you can't send to your friends. So think of us as like that place where you can share. Absolutely. Share, share and care. Share and care. That's our Thanks, philosophy Patrick. here. Who's next? We've got a lot. Um, I'll just do one more for today and we'll, we'll do the others another time. So this is from John H. Hi, lads. A mate turned me on to this show at the start of November and I've chained the entire show since then. Mate, you've caught up so quickly. Wow. Thanks for me get through no, the November lockdown and gloomy run up to a very different Christmas. I think the most comforting aspect of your show is the confirmation bias I feel every few minutes. The conversations you have are ones that I've had in my head many times before. It's quite eerie sometimes. For example, I think it was episode one where one of you said the XFM shows were the genesis of everything Ricky has ever done. That is so true. If I was a bit of a nerdlinger, one rainy weekend, I'd love to go through everything the lads have done ever since the Office Series 1, since the XFM Series 1, Office Season 2 onwards, and pick out every XFM reference or directly lift in them. I'm almost certain you could find a link to the XFM shows in every show, film, stand-up the lads have ever done since. One thing I'd like to implore you to do now is to go back and do Series 1 before you go on to Series 3 and 4. Nowadays, I barely touch 3 and 4. I just found Ricky became too anti antagonistic and annoying and Carl uh, began playing the character of Carl Pilkington rather than just being himself. I feel like series three and four have so much overreacting whereas series one has so many incredibly pure moments. Moments where Ricky and Steve are still getting to know Carl and he'll leave them speechless with a comment. In series one episode four Carl asks what did giants eat that made them so big in the first place and you can tell Ricky and Steve are genuinely confused as to whether he is joking or not and the three enjoy a 
little back and forth about it. In later episodes, Ricky would most likely just screech, calling him an idiot, and tell him to play a record. They engage with what Carl is saying much more early on. Also, White Van Carl is in Series 1. It's peak XFM show content for me. That's Good very, stuff there, John. Yeah, that, yeah thank you. Um, yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate that. And I totally agree with you in terms of pureness and, and uh, authenticity, I'd call it. It, it, it diminishes as the series go on. I think it's still here in season two, but yeah, I agree with you. Three and four are not so much. I wouldn't agree that it's kind of gone by then. They are it, they're more embedded in their roles, particularly Carl in series three and four, but there's some great moments in series three and I don't think it's like the podcasts. It's different. By the podcast, they are what it is. It is a planned, pre-planned, pre-packaged kind of, show that's not scripted but it's it's heavily kind of influenced by pre-show direction that they will have been given to Carl whereas that isn't the case in series three and four I don't think it's just that it is more they are more he is more well it's quite funny because you got the whole Chris Campling thing comes into series four doesn't he yeah. Where he sort of says, you know, um, is Carl a fictional character today? Imagine planning this. It's dreadful. But, um, it, it, yeah, so we, it's an interesting suggestion. We've had people say we should go on to series three and then four and back to one. We That's probably our plan is probably to go to series three or four, which are quite short, so they won't take long. Then we'll have done all the series and then go back to one where it, where it all began. It's like doing a prequel in a movie or something <laughs> but um it's an interesting suggestion and we we'll certainly think about it and if lots and lots of people say that as well because we value your comment but if other people say it as well we might we might well do that we might well go on to series one um and we need to make the decision soon don't we because we're getting towards the end of series two i can't we believe are, i know i think we should can it i think going. we've done yeah. i think i think we've done all right so far i think we should can the podcast yeah after you do asked me at the beginning of this podcast for my and you said Oh, you give really good. You summarise like really well, and you asked me about Joe Biden, and then with my response, you were like, "Oh, it's not not as good as I was expecting." I think once you reach that stage, you probably should can it. I think because of my Joe Biden comment, we can it. <laughs> Imagine that would be the reason we can. Let's just do one more. And thank, can I just say thank you to everyone who's getting in touch. We really want to read them all, but we just don't have time. Well, we <laughs> will, let's, we let's will do a six-hour podcast, which you know I wouldn't mind that if I had an end of survive beer. And Six hours. I was, yeah, you imagine I would, where I would, five, how drunk you've been. We've been together. No, I, would, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind doing like a D-Trout Spinners marathon with you, but we would have to be in a pub with access to a bar and at least no. 20 cigarettes. No, I think if it was a marathon, it was best over Skype. I think if it's a marathon, it's best over Skype. Because yeah, you yeah. no, it is because you're 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 you can't sit, sit in a pub. Imagine, no, no, we just go to different. No, we'll do we'll do a pub crawl, and we'll do like uh, specials in each pub. Mate, you you're too. Uh, I'm too old for that. You're too. You're hey. too I don't know, but maybe we'll do that one day. But um, so we'll possibly last... do some stuff on Twitch. But yeah, I believe there's one more email. We're going to read one more email Let's out today, but we will try and get to the other emails next show. This is from Andrew Lowe, who's a Detroitie. Fellas, just listen to your New Year's special on the Radio 2 shows. If you haven't listened to that, please go back. Uh, you can listen to that. They're the ones that we put out at Christmas. I take your point about the pre-podcast feel, but only in the sense of them tweaking the show for the audience. In this case, Radio 2 listeners. In the podcast case, US International. I've never thought about that as well, because it would it would have been a global audience at that point, wouldn't it, with the podcasts? I think yeah. we just live in our little UK bubble sometimes. 
I see the XFM shows as a sort of Carl origin story, just kind of more in line with what we've just heard. And the podcast and subsequent work as Ricky's way to basically milk as much humour out of the RSK dynamic. It's great to listen in hindsight as they gradually start to bring Carl higher into the audio mix. He's quite low volume and background to start with. That's actually very true. Notice that as well. Once he starts to get confidence and introduces anecdotes, you can hear how he becomes a sort of full character to Gervais's petulant boy king. I'm wary. Bring me the imbecile. And crucially, he's smart enough to recognise this. And I, and I think he sees it as a way out of a job he's been doing for a bit too long. And he was right. And I, I, do, I actually do agree with you, um, Andrew, because it's it's interesting. In series one, he says, Carl says, you know, I'm actually feel more, more comfortable with my opinions. There's Ricky who says that. He says he wasn't sure to begin with, like... But he becomes so much sure of his opinions. He's so much more confident. It's very echoey, as you would expect with the producers, because the mic would have been, you know, they might have been behind the glass or something. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a good, it's an interesting point. I think the the way uh, I would link it to the podcasts is not necessarily just that they're tweaking it for an audience. They're just tweaking the show in general, and probably yes, in the sense that the audience is much wider by then. And on the podcast, they knew the audience would be much wider, and certainly they do tweak it for an international audience. That's that's true. Less UK references, fewer UK references, but. I think they tweak it. It's not just. I I, I would say it's substantially different um, in the way that um, Patrick sort of suggested that series three and four. It's not as it's not as pure and it's not as authentic. So I see the XFM New sorry the Radio Two New Year shows as like a gateway to the podcast, which was said before. But that's that's kind of how I see it because it's kind of uh, it's it's pre-planned. They know what a lot of they're going to talk about before they talk about it they probably primed carl a little bit whereas on the podcast they primed carl completely like you know not tell him what to say but make, mm. make sure you're going to say something interesting about this topic and this topic and this topic and we're going to bring them up so yeah it's primed not just for the audience being different but it's just primed i think they just were changing the the their approach and ethos to it and kind of trying to milk carl for more and more so yeah, uh, oh, I'd be fucking. I tell you what, if I was Carl at this stage, I'd be fucking knackered. I don't think I could carry on that sort of weight of expectation on me every week, like to come up with interesting stuff. And I'm no surprise that now he's sort of sick of interviews and sick of why he doesn't want to return to do anything because he's spoken about it all so much. You uh, must just feel like your life has just become an endless towel that you're wringing out, an endless damp towel that you're wringing out just for stuff. And it smells <laughs> and now. And it's starting to smell and get. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you are listening though, Carl, get in touch. Oh, well, yeah, no, I mean, Please. obvious. Because we want you. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, no. um, Andrew goes on. I sh- I'll just wrap up uh, his point. Also, you mentioned Simpsons podcasts, as we met at the st- uh, mentioned at the start of the show. I'm a huge Simpsons fan and nerd, and I produce a podcast that's similar in spirit to yours. Just me and a friend rewatching and reviewing the Simpsons episodes in order from the start. We've been doing it since March 2020 and documenting the latest on the lockdown isolation horrors with each episode. It's called Stay at Homer. I've actually listened to it, Andrew. It's really enjoyable and really, really good. You guys have really good uh, chemistry and at the start, and I, I do actually enjoy that insofar as I really enjoy this um, review on The Simpsons. I've also been watching so much Simpsons over lockdown, and yeah. 
uh, it'll be really interesting to listen to a show properly with that in mind and, and actually hearing you guys discuss it. Because I, I know a bit about Simpsons, but I, I definitely don't know as much as... Well, I've so been, I'm, very I'm, I'm really interested in that. It sounds fanta- uh, fascinating, actually. And what a great idea. And yeah, you're kind of... The fact you're doing it kind of in the way we're doing this, it kind of validates the, the idea of doing it in this way. And I I love The Simpsons. I absolutely... I, I love it and but but I love series three, four, five, six, seven. And I just wonder, out of interest, how are you starting? You're probably going from series one, episode one, because Simpsons I, I imagine that's what you're doing. That's what most people do. We just have chosen to do it in a different way. But yeah, series three, four, five, six and seven, particularly four, five oh, and some six. Some of the finest like did, comedy yeah. slash slash television ever made. Like yeah, I just, uh, yeah. One of my favourite moments is my favourite probably quote of The Simpsons ever is, um, "I don't know." When Homer's asked for his first name when he's tr- pretending to be Mr. Burns, and he keeps that voice going, this Mr. Burns voice when he answers the question, it's just fantastic. I love oh, it. That's, no, that's when, isn't, that, isn't that when he becomes Smithers, the the, the, the new Smithers? No, 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 no. And that's oh, why. Okay. No, this is this is series three. There's a lot of good moments in series three, but in general, see, I'm three, sure Andrew, you can clearly educate us on Simpsons on Gap. Yeah, absolutely. Missing out on. But what a fantastic idea, Andrew, and uh, glad you're doing it. And good, yeah, well, absolutely. We'll we'll clear cross promotion. We'll promote you and you promote it's a synergy miles is just bringing his fingers together in brent like brentism hey i, w- I want to wrap this up because i'm bored of talking to you mate um I say that every week let- man. Bored. <laughs> actually <laughs> ironically sure let's do the deep trout spinners library this is where every week gary and i select a song and we put it into our little spotify playlist there'll be a link in the description you can listen to all of uh the songs that we've selected from previous weeks a lot of oasis in there that's weird yeah <laughs> other stuff and uh, hey, and, uh, what, what are yeah. you going to put in today well i think the song you tell me if i put it in before because i've put in songs twice before and haven't realized yeah, yeah. but i i a song i do like i do listen to quite a bit is roy orbison and it's one of his bigger hits so it's no little gem or hidden gem or anything but it's you got it i, I love that song mm. just the rolling guitar is kind of very i don't very... remember if i know that song or not i feel like i would no, if you, I do, you do um Everything about you tells me I'm your man. Du, 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 du. You got it. Du, 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 du. You, you got sound it. like Chris Martin as you're singing it. Did I? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I've got his bang bang foot. Da. Da. Duh. That's a good way to that's still that. the Okay, mine is I don't know why this week I've been listening to a lot of suede uh the band's not the material all right um <laughs> good joke good joke <laughs> and i'm gonna choose um the wild ones i don't know why because i know ricky also managed suede so there's a, maybe there's a bit of a tangential link there yeah but i've really been enjoying just listening to suede doing my work as i do as as you with all been working from home and uh it's really nice tone i think brett anson's got i don't know the song i don't know the song I think Brett Anson's got a really lovely floaty voice and uh, the guitar sounds really nice. And uh, 
yeah, I'll just bring you join. And I'm a big fan of Britpop anyway, so I'll listen to all those bands. Light Suede from a long time ago. Anyway, there are our songs. Uh, if you do want to uh, get in touch with us, interact with the show in any way, and thank you for listening and for your company today, guys. Really appreciate it. Spinnerspodcast at gmail.com. Spinnerspodcast at Twitter. I can't say that enough. Gary, any final note? Um, I still don't know how the song thing works, or if you post the song and you click on the link and the, the online listening part. still don't understand that. doesn't matter. That's my last four. But um, no, thanks, guys. And if we didn't read your email out today, we will next show endeavour to do so. Um, hope you're doing all right in this latest lockdown. And uh, it's sort of mid-January point. It's a bit depressing, isn't it? It's kind of mid-January. Christmas is well over now and New Year's sort of over and there's no celebrations for a while. So hope you're doing all right. Uh, and, uh, what? If you are looking for something to do, and you've got a little bit of spare money knocking around. We've actually just recorded a little Patreon special. And it's all about oh. Gary and R's, um most embarrassing moments. So if you, you want to hear some extra shows and that one where you can get to know us a little bit better and a bit more intimately. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm starting to regret I put that show out now. But I'll be putting that, that out in the next couple of days. So uh, look forward to that and look forward to next week's episode. What do you say, Gary? Agree? I No. Yeah, yeah. Go on. For the sake of for the sake of ending the show now, yes, I agree. No, I do agree, and uh, yeah, take care, everyone. We'll see you next week.